Welcome to 2018. We have arrived. And uh, I don't know what your disposition is toward this year ahead, uh, but it holds so much promise and potential. And frankly, I can hardly wait to see what God is going to do in this year as He pours out His Spirit, as we work in cooperation with him, uh, the lives that he will touch, the people that he will transform, the people that bondage will be broken and relationships put back together, and, and people will grow in their faith and, uh, and become more like Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you, but I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the prospect for what God can and will do as we uh, seek him in this year ahead. Last week, though, we talked about uh, kind of looking at a new year and, and just how we respond to that. And, and as I said, some of us are really jacked about it and excited. And then there are others of you that are well, a, a little nervous about what this year has to bring. And, and we talked about how we face the uncertainty because none of us knows what's going to happen this year. We talked about the certainty of God's presence with us as we go into a new year with all kinds of, uh, all kinds of things that we don't know, all kinds of unknowns. And uh, we talked about from Psalm 20, uh, 121 uh, where the psalmist says, I look to the hills, I'm starting a journey. I look to the hills and I'm excited about this journey. But then I pause and think about all the dangers on this journey. Where does my help come from? Ha, ah, my help comes from the Lord the maker of heaven and earth. And, and we talked about how God grants us that sense and, and the reality of his presence with us. He'll never sleep. He'll never, he'll never forsake us. He will be there with us through all of the unknowns. And, uh, but as we face this year, we also face a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, questions and decisions that will need to be made. In fact, it's interesting, as we think about this year, some of the decisions that we make will be very minor and inconsequential in our life, but there may be some decisions that we have to make that will be life-changing, uh, course-correcting, and, and, uh, and you have an opportunity to make some really good decisions, and we also have, a, have the, the possibility that we'll make some really lousy decisions, too. And like... Uh, question arises, how do we make good decisions? How do we go into this year? How do, how, do we, uh, how do we enter into this time and at the same time make good and wise decisions, decisions in which God can bless us? Well, as we travel on a journey, we need some direction, right? And uh, it's interesting, uh, my, my wife's sister she goes to her sister's place further than I do, and uh, excuse me, more than I do. And so I, I, I'm not as sure of the route. But whenever we get going, I'm getting all confused and turned around. I think we're going south when in fact we're going east. And, uh, or she makes sure that we're going east and not south because we'd never get to our destination if we went south. And, uh, and, and so it was important, you know, that and, and this normally, because I'm directionally normally a little better, but on this route, for some reason, I just, I, I can't get my bearings and I can't, I can't get uh, straight. And, and so 
we need to have a sense of getting our bearings and knowing what direction to head into. We need something that is fixed and, uh, and something that is reliable to guide us in terms of direction. And if you were out and you didn't have a compass and you needed to head in a certain direction, you'd be lost unless you had something that could mark out for you which direction to go in, where you were, where you were heading, where you needed to go. And as I was thinking about this, needing a point of refer- uh, reference, I-, I thought about the North Star. The North Star, that, that star that is, it, that, that's kind of unique about it is, is that it's, it's, kind, it's reliable, because, you know, as, as, as we turn, as, as, as the earth turns, things move in the sky. But the North Star seems to be something that is in a fairly fixed place over the North Pole. So if you can identify the North Star, you can get a bearing on what direction to head. So here's how you can find the North Star. Uh, most of us are familiar with the Big Dipper. You see the Little Dipper. Well, if you take the Big Dipper... And you, you take the side of that pot that is away from the handle and you draw a line from there straight up, you'll find the North Star. And if you find the North Star, you can face the North Star, hold your hands out and say, that's west, that's east, and here's south. And, and so if you need something to guide you in which way to go, you have... The North Star, when you need a sense of what direction to turn in. And, and you know what? I think that what we need as we go into a new year is a sense of a North Star as followers of Christ to know what direction we should be heading in, where we should be going, where should we should be traveling. And, and, and when we stand before a plethora of options that we can go this way or that way, or, and, and we're not sure which way to go, my trust is that there will be a north star that God grants to us that will show us which way we are to be heading, which way to move into as he provides guidance for us. Well, Jesus in his ministry was challenged and tested uh, by religious leaders. They weren't too crazy about him. In fact, he's coming to the end of his life on earth, and just before then, he's having some interaction with the, with the leaders in the uh, uh, re- religious leaders of the different groups. And uh, in fact, they were trying to discredit him. They were trying to uh, make him look bad, make him look foolish so that, you know, don't, don't think about this guy. He, he's, he's nothing. And uh, so they began a group called the Sadducees, and they were kind of an elitist party. And so they're questioning Jesus, and they're asking him hard questions that they think they can trip him up on, and he just turns it on its end. And he makes them look bad. And he shut them up. Well, the Pharisees and the Pharisees and Sadducees were two different parties, and it's you know it's kind of like the liberals and the conservatives. They you know they just they're not too friendly with each other, and so they they thought, well, we think it's kind of funny that he made them look bad, but we're going to test him now. And so in Matthew twenty-two, 
verses 34 and 35. And if you want to look in, in your Bible or look in the, uh, you can look at the Bible. Uh, you can grab a Bible in the back of the seat there. In Matthew 22, you'll find on page 828, page 828, uh, but Matthew 22, um, verses uh, 34 and 35, says this, Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? That's a good question, right? Because there were, in, in the Old Testament, there were 613 commands. Now, I, you know, to even remember all of those, let alone to be able to live them all out, would be a challenge. And so this guy asked him, it was a pretty good question. He says, did Jesus, yeah, uh, teacher, you know, I'm not going to give you credit for being a rabbi, either you didn't have formal training, uh, tell us. What's the greatest commandment what, what, in all the law? What, what, what's the biggie? Um, what would be the north star direction that you would give to us? That's the question that's going through their minds. Um, they needed some information that was really critical for them. Um, what's going to guide our journey through 2018? Uh, what's our north star? What's our source of guidance that God can bless? And, and Jesus is asked this question, and it's a really good question. And you see, the Bible doesn't always give us a detailed roadmap. Because whatever circumstance comes up in your life, uh, should I invite my mother-in-law to live in a granny suite? You know, the answer to that specific question is not given. So principles are given that guide us in making decisions. And, and with all the kinds of decisions, if we kind of distilled it down to a biggie, a, a, a something like a compass that sends us in the right direction, he says this, um, tell me when, 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 we, when we go through the exam, what's going to be on the exam? What's the really important stuff? What's going to be the guidance or direction for us? And uh, so Jesus will answer this question in the next two verses. He says this. He replied, you want to know the most important commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. Are you looking for a north star? Are you looking for something to guide you through this year? He says, here it is. We can distill everything that God says and wants of us, of the guidance and direction we need to this. Uh, Love God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and all your mind. That's it. Well, I suppose a question comes, uh, what does that look like? And... I can't answer that except in a comprehensive way. What we do week in and week out here as we open the Word of God and study it is to understand what it means to love the Lord our God. What does it mean to love Him with all of our heart and our soul and our mind? And and it's not like He's trying to take us and cut us into little constituent parts and say, well, you know, your, your heart is your emotion because they, they had kind of different understanding. The heart was the core of your being, the 
Your soul was the life principle in you with with your mind. So everything that's in you, your your critical uh, mental faculties, your emotions, your will, everything, everything you do should be done to express that you love God, that he's number one, that there's nothing more important, there's nothing more critical in your life, there's nothing which, which which is more essential to you than to love God above and beyond everything. That's really a distillation of the first commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. Make me the, your soul God. Don't, don't have any competition with me for anything else. It's like that summary of the Ten Commandments. And, and he, wants us, he wants us to know uh, how much he loves us and our response is to love him back. We crafted this past fall a new, a new mission statement. And our mission statement is this. To know Jesus Christ and to follow him passionately. What's our desire? What is, what is it that we as a church want to do? We want to know Jesus Christ. That is, we want to enter into a relationship with him through what he's done for us on the cross. And we want to follow him and not just follow him. We want to follow him passionately. We want to love the Lord with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our mind, everything that is in us. Now, if you want to do that, then you want to have the character that Jesus has. You, you want to you wanna ask, is this something that Jesus would do when you're thinking about these decisions? Is, would, Jesus, would this be an expression of loving God if I behaved in a certain way? And Jesus himself said, if you love me, keep my commandments. So, as I said, what we do week in and week out is we, we're finding out what he's saying to us, what he's asking us to do, and we ask that question. When I need to know which way to go, is, is this something that would honor God? Is this something that expresses a trust in God's heart, in his word? And, and he may be asking us to do something really difficult this year. And we say, well, is that what I should be doing? Well, if it's in keeping with him, trust God. Sometimes it goes against your instincts. Well, we're driving to Gerda's sister's place. My instinct is to make a wrong turn. And she said, no, 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 not here. No, keep straight. And, and sometimes we have these instincts these instincts to wrong or instincts to good. And we need to be asking the question, would this be a loving thing to do? Would this express my love for God? Would, would this express, uh, would, am I loving what God loves? What is he? He loves righteousness and goodness and holiness and faithfulness. And, and would, I, would that be an expression? Do I hate what God hates? God hates some stuff. He hates the way people hurt each other. He hates uh, immorality. He, he, he hates all kinds of things. What I'm saying to myself, would God bless this? Would God want this? Would God hate this? Then would I, would I step away from that? Would I not do that? I want to do what God would do. I want to do what would honor God. I want to do what, what would please him. That's the North Star. But Jesus didn't stop there. He said, you know, if you want a North Star, make it this. Love God with the totality of your being. But he says there's another one in the next verses. He says this. The second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love God with everything you have in you and love your neighbor as yourself. 
And that came from the Old, the Old Testament, from Leviticus 19 and verse 18. An expression of loving God totally is to love our fellow human beings in a way that expresses the kind of care and concern we have for them that we have for ourselves. I don't know about you, but I, I try to take pretty good care of myself. Cleaned up for you this morning. <laughs> Showered. Daniel, I shaved this morning. Um, and and I, I have, uh, I've done things that will be good for me, things that I like. I had a good breakfast. And, uh, and, you know, when there's an opportunity to do something that would be good for me, I want to do that. Now, most of us take pretty good care of ourselves. But, but here's, here's what he says. If you want a North Star, not only love God and, 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 and please God with everything in you, but love your neighbor as you'd love yourself. You know, if you would do this for yourself, as if this is the care and concern you'd show for yourself, then show that to other people. Um, that's what, that's what we, he wants us to look like. And it's interesting that this is kind of a summary of the two tablets of the Ten Commandments. This is like a summary of love God. The, the first commandments are our relationship with God, and the second tablet is largely... Uh, our com- commandments regulating our relationship with others. Don't murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't bear false witness. Don't, don't covet your neighbor's stuff. You know, in other words, if you, want a, if you want a North Star, you want to love God with everything in you, and you want to love your fellow man. And when you begin to ask those questions about the decisions that you'll make this year, would this be something that is loving toward the people who... Uh, who I, whom I work with, who, with whom I live. Are, are these, are these uh, how, how would I show this love to my neighbor who's, who's kind of a bit of a pain in the neck to me and, and uh, throws their snow on my property? And, and, and how, do I, how do I show love? In fact, Jesus was asked by that, that question, you know, who's my neighbor? And he gave a really tough example. He gave, he gave the neighbor as a good Samaritan whom they despised. And he helped them to see, your neighbor is anybody who is in proximity to you that you have the goods to be able to help them in some way. And so when we begin to ask these questions, uh, as, as we're faced with a whole pile of, of, uh, of questions and, and coming to places in the road where we can go left or right, I, what he wants to tell us is, love God. And love your neighbor. And that's a summary of everything that God wants. And uh, that means we don't discriminate against people. That means we help people. It means that, that we reach out to people. That we're generous with others. We do for them what we would do for ourselves. That's the North Star. And, um, and he says in the end, all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So you've got all this massive amount of material in the Bible about what to do. But he says, if you wanted to shortlist it, if you wanted to have just a comprehensive statement, it's love God and love people with all your heart. Paul would put it this way in Galatians 6. Do good to everyone, especially those of the household of faith, fellow believers, but do good to everyone. Well, That's what God wants. That's what the whole of everything he wants hangs on these two things. 
you can subsume everything under those two headings. Um, and it's interesting that this greatest of commandments came to us through the Old Testament. So Jesus is quoting the Old Testament to them. In fact, there's something called the Shema. And the Shema is a prayer that every uh, observant Jew would pray twice a day. He would pray it in the morning when he gets up, and he would pray it in the evening. It's found in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. Love God totally. And as a Jewish person would get up, they would recite this. What a great way to start your day. What a great way to start your year to say as I think about what I'm going to do in this day. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord with all your heart. And as you get up and begin to go through your day and all that's in it, would, would it be that, that God would fix that in your mind? And then you come to the end of the day and you would recite that same thing. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad, Ahavti Adonai Eloheinu, Bechol Levecha, Bechol Nefshecha, Uvechol Moodecha. And they would repeat that and repeat that. And, and hopefully it wasn't just empty words but it was the desire of God for them to love God with all of their hearts, with all of their lives, and, and centering themselves, beginning the day, fixating on it, reminding themselves at the end of the day. But there was another part, because as we go on in the Shema, he says this, These commandments I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the doorposts, the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Don't just take and live this out now. Share it with your children. We got a pile of kids downstairs that all headed down for their time of teaching and learning. And uh, I, I have said, and I will continue to repeat, the best thing that we can do for your children is not take them from you as professionals and teach them. The best thing you can do for your children is to be the best follower of Christ you can and show that model and teach your kids what you're learning. You guys have your kids like about 2,500 hours a year. We get them about 70, 60 hours a year. You have more influence and impact on your children than what we will ever have. And our thing is to help you become everything God wants you to become. To follow him, to have that north star that guides your your path through this year. And that you share that with your own children. That's what we're all about. And uh, my friends... If you will take, and the decisions that you make, and some of these decisions are the kinds of things, you know, when you say, I can't believe she did that. I can't believe that he made that decision. What a stupid decision. He's hurt himself. He, he lost his job, or he got into a relationship he never got, should have got into, or hung out with the wrong people, or he did something with his money that was really foolish. And all of us look back at times and say, oh, man, if I could do that over. Um, but here we, here we are in a new year. 
and, and to have a direction and to have a course and to ask this question, what is the North Star? What, what will guide us? It'll be loving God with all of our being and loving human beings. Now, the Lord would say in the prophet Isaiah in the 30th chapter, whether you turn to the right or the left, you'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful for your word. We stand on the threshold of a whole new year. Uh, We stand with a blank slate ready to be written on, and we can write on it, and, and we'll be called on to make decisions for what we'll do and where we'll go and and how we'll live our lives and the things that will be priorities for us. And Lord, it can be it can be daunting to do that. And and Father, there's so many things that cry and call out for and beg for our attention and, and, and seek to to uh, draw us and sometimes draw us away from you. And I pray that you would give us wisdom. I pray that every day as we get up, we will think that we are called to love God with the totality of our being. And we're to love our neighbor as ourself. And the decisions we made will be made on the basis of what you love and what you hate and what would please you. And and how we express love to others and care for others uh, the, the same way that we would care for ourselves. Father, I pray that you would help us, that as we walk through this year, we would make wise decisions. We would put ourselves in a place where you can bless us, not where we hurt ourselves. And and Father, we ask that in all things we might show the wonder and the beauty and the glory of your love and your care to this world outside us so that they might know what we have known also. And so we pray and ask these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to ask the